tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney+. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back to post show recaps coverage of The Crown. My name is Grace. I'm here with my co host, Shannon. Shannon, you're back. I know. I came back just for this. I was going to go on vacation forever, never come back, wanted to run away from my life, and then I thought, but we got to cover season five of The Crown. So, yeah, and highly why I can work. And hilarious that I think in our season three and season four coverage, there was like one, you're like, there's one episode. Really hate this stupid Philip episode and then it's like the universe knew and they're like well <laughs> Shan's gonna miss the first episode we're gonna damn well make sure that episode two is all about Philip mostly uh, yeah 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 well you know I am intrigued by Philip I still okay. like it I just I, I don't know the astronaut thing I the just moon, didn't enjoy yeah. but I mean parts of this I did I did enjoy in the moment I think in breaking it down I was a little bit more critical that's I guess what podcasting is right I've done it with yeah. Survivor it's like yeah that's fine and then you think about it you're like but is it so that's where I came away from it. But you know what? We're always going to have to focus on Philip. He's an important character and he's going to keep having internal reckonings, I guess, yeah. throughout his whole life and we'll be there for it. So I guess yeah. so. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar, but uh, Dr. Amanda's hottest take I've ever heard on a podcast, like from her, uh, she hates <laughs> space. Uh, so maybe the two of you have something to connect with. <laughs> Just not maybe into I anything space. 
I think this I, was I about, went to the Air yeah. and Space Museum and it was fine. So I fine, don't know. see, yeah, fine. It was honestly, honestly fine. just it was just okay. I'd heard great yeah. things and I was like, yeah. I yeah. actually felt like really nauseous in the planetarium. I get pretty bad motion sickness, so oh. it was like hard to learn when I was like concentrating on not vomiting. That's um, so totally maybe I do okay. hate space because of that. Maybe that's what okay. It is. Yeah, I'll connect you and Dr. Amanda over here. The shared <laughs> hatred of space. Um, uh, before we get into episode two, the system so ominous mm. uh 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 this uh philip slash diana there's a lot of diana in this episode yeah. um we so didn't get your, we didn't get your we didn't get your takes on episode one queen victoria yeah. uh, lt join me lt should be uh, uh joined by sarah ferguson for uh some some full binge uh, uh coverage but um give me your takes on episode one uh debut of amelda staunton and then and, and and company yeah, I really, I liked it better after listening to your podcast. Like, I loved oh. you guys breaking down the the generational themes. Like, it was pretty broad, but, like, the whole, as you said on the podcast, I mean, the, the modern versus youthful stuff, I think is uh-huh. interesting. But, yes, heavy-handed. Did you know that mm-hmm. the queen of the ship, I think they were trying to explain, I think it, maybe it got a little bit lost in the metaphor, but I think that yeah. that's where we were going with it. So, not their most subtle episode, <laughs> I think. Um I I enjoyed it. it. It wasn't like an all-time episode because I think that when they do these cast changes, they have to have like a bit of a table setting episode where we all have to catch yeah. up on like, where are these characters? Where do they sit? Who are they going to be? Let's get used to a little bit rather than having some like major reckoning or some important event really happening in the first episode. So they went with something like kind of the rumors of like whether Charles was really going for this whole abdication thing. The mm-hmm. poll I know has been a little bit dramatized from real life and they just kind of took more of these kind of vague concepts and turned it into a table setting episode, which I thought was interesting enough about being earth shattering in any way. Um, yeah. And then the, you know, the cast changes, you know, that I struggle, you know, that mm-hmm. it's something that I'm not. We all do. So adept- yeah. it, exactly. It is really tough. I'm interested to like see who you're, really handling slash struggling with the most for me like Charles I felt was like the most immediately giant difference like I think he falls into where the queen fell between two and three because he's in that like he goes from that more yes I guess more of the victim and that like more of kind of being in that like emotional role to now being as they would say the system and that's who he's going to be so he went from kind of being this like almost like raw desperate person who was like he was fighting against the system, but that's because he kept being like impacted by it. And now it feels like he's more in control and has this more like calculated and like actively intentional role in how he's going to use the system. Like he's trying to use Diana for his image. Um, He's trying to like overthrow the balance of power. Like it felt very calculated in a way that I feel like his former self was like much younger, much more just like at odds and struggling and dealing with this thing without being like, how am I going to like make my next chess move? So I guess like the jump from that to me is going to be probably the most jarring thing as I felt with the queen. I think like it's a similar thing in those two transitions. Yeah. Well, we talked about that. We came out sort of after season four as like Charles apologist to a degree. And I think yeah. uh, in episode one, it's pretty hard Thank to still be reminding people on that. Yeah. It's pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I think yeah. no. five, after Queen Victoria to, to still be sort of like yeah. the Charles apologist. Cause he's like, pretty bad. and cause I feel like there's this thing we talked a little bit in one of the previous shows, like uh, that, like there's a world where like some of the shows about like, you know, eventually like Harry and Megan, but Harry does decide to do this thing of like, to get completely out of the system. And this is a thing that yeah. like, none of these people like kind of arguably except Diana, but she's so trapped in like the culture yeah. of it uh, more, much more so than perhaps um, the actual like system that Philip is going to talk to her about uh, this episode. But yeah, it, it, cause it does kind of feel like when you get to like the Welsh episode, in season three, it does kind of feel like, yeah, poor, char- like he is stuck in the system. And maybe there's a world where like he, 
not that he's we we know he's not gonna like get out, but like I don't know. There's just a different path he might be able to take. And it's and not then, his priority. Like Camilla's yeah. his priority, whereas it feels yeah. like now he's got a like a, a higher priority on his power. Agreed. That it's like I'm gonna be king and I'm gonna be yeah. the mod the modern king for the ages, which like is very funny as well. Uh <laughs> but yeah, I found uh that that's a little bit tricky. I thought even for me, Philip has certainly been um the most i think i said this in the in the last episode that i feel like he's the most i don't know i i think they've really just gone for like a big name actor more more so than where i feel like they've tried to like really toe this line of like yeah that's a big name but also you do see how they look like the the person they're playing like i think that like um imelda stan is, is kind of a big name but like certainly looks like queen elizabeth and jonathan price to me is like i'm just like yeah, i guess it is an old man i guess yeah yeah well, um yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you, like, I feel like Jonathan Price, it would he would have fit more, like, he looks to me more like a current Charles than, oh, like, yeah. a 30 Can years I ago Philip. Yeah, like, I, I, I guess I, I just kind of, like, old white man. Um, but, like, with, with Philip, like, I don't necessarily see it. It is still a hard transition, but it's a little bit easier because I don't feel like I'm trying to make, like, massive strides with Philip as a character because yeah. I feel like I already made those strides, whereas, like, Charles is, like, in it now at the crux of, like, who he's going to become, which I think is going to be very important to like how we're driving the monarchy forward in this power struggle so i think that's really difficult the queen it's i mean i think we're always going to be focusing on like how the queen is evolving because she's the protagonist but i feel like this was a bit easier maybe because she's becoming closer to like a queen that i know from life so it kind of fits i'm like yeah she kind of looks like the queen that i have known in my lifetime um and also maybe it's it's less of a jarring transition and less of like a big jump to who she's going to be because Charles is like filling that role so I thought that's what's been okay and obviously Diana is amazing like th that's been the best flow on in actors I feel because she still kind of has that childish charm we'll talk about that like the how voice I is feel so like good too her voice is but both actresses I feel agreed had like agreed. such a great like it's the voice and the mannerisms that are so distinct and they both nailed it so so well that I think that transition has been very easy um, and you can just see that she's like an older version of that character. So I think she's the easiest to buy. And what? like that, I mean, I, I guess the, the, the side characters we know very little about. And basically no one was in this episode other than Diana. And yeah. Philip, so it's hard to check in on it. I was going to say that. I think I said this last episode, but one of the things that I think actually like made it a little bit tougher for me to feel like, um, like the whole cast as a whole, I'm feeling, I'm actually think I'm feeling like a bigger sort of like, this is definitely, I know that both times like between two and three and now between four and five, it's a totally new cast. I know it's the same, but I feel like between two and three, they also introduced some characters in a way that was a kind of helpful. And this is, you're seeing new people, but then also it's like, yes, this is like new queen Elizabeth, but it's still like queen Elizabeth. Right. Like, um, whereas this mm. one, there's really in last episode, there's John major. Um, Penny Natchbull is sort of this yeah. episode becomes, uh, you know, was in last episode, but certainly clearly is going to be part of the story. There's really not a lot of like new people um, uh, in terms of like people who are not part of the story already and had to be like recast. Like this is a lot of, and part of that is because Diana doesn't show up until season four. And so now like four and five are kind of Diana's story. So, but everybody else that we met, like, yeah, this mm. episode is just sort of Philip and Diana. And but last episode, I did think they did a pretty good job of making sure like everybody got some sort of screen time, right? They go and see Margaret um, and the Queen Mother. Um, John Major is there. Uh, Anne, uh, Anne, yeah. Anne is in mm -hmm. the lighthouse, so everybody gets something. Um, 
And so, but there's no, there's not a ton of like new, new people, um, which is fine. If, if I don't think we need to cram more characters in just for the sake of uh, the story, but uh, this is like everybody we saw last week was like a different actor playing a character we've seen before pretty much. Yeah. But I think the through line to that is Diana and like right. how easy it is to buy that transition because Agreed. she does just feel like the next phase of who she was going to be. And if we see these two seasons of four and five, especially because as you're saying with Diana, it entered in halfway through kind of that phase in season four. And so now season four and five and probably beyond are like this Diana series. And she is a through line that's very viable. And then it's like how everyone's reacting to her kind of makes sense with her being like the epicenter, I feel, of those character transitions. And she really does tie a lot together in a way that I think makes a lot of sense. And they, they have their other tools. Like I think that having John Major there um, to kind of comment on it all. And again, like openly state things in a way that doesn't necessarily need to be shown and more told. Right. Um, it works. I work. It works well enough. I mean, again, the, the subtlety has been a little lacking this season, um, but I feel like they think they need to like state things as we're going forward because we're all transitioning to the new cast and they're trying to like hold our hand a little bit through things. So that's yeah. how we learned that the queen was the ship, but I'm, I'm still not hundred <laughs> percent sure that that's what they were going for, I but maybe I kind of love it anyway. I don't care. I think it's great. Uh, and this is so, a show. So yeah. like, it's just the fact like, what would they say before when in the, in the children episode, when she was like, it's not the prime minister. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's ours. Like it sometimes does. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, yeah. please trust us as an audience. Like you, we, we, hopefully it's an intelligent audience here. We're trying to like, get some you know real character notes and sometimes yeah. i'll just say exactly what they mean and i just don't think it's necessary yeah agreed um well we're gonna chat through uh episode two first just want to remind folks uh posterrecaps.com slash the crown make sure you subscribe rate and review much appreciated um uh to so other people can find uh the podcast um mm. and uh, you'll make sure you won't miss any of our episodes um so let's chat about episode number two the system uh, i didn't mention this last week but this is directed by jessica hobbs who also directed episode one um it's written by peter morgan who wrote once again every episode of the season um but i think kind of interesting to have jessica hop like these you know if teen shows do this where it's kind of like okay you get the first two episodes and really set uh, forward what we're doing which i think this is a pretty heavy philip episode as uh prince philip is going to go console his his godson he ends up consoling his godson's wife um uh, this is penny anachbull um, over the death of their child and it's going to introduce her to the sports of carriage driving which he's uh, taken up uh, since he is no longer uh, playing polo he said uh, the royals were out of touch <laughs> so good <laughs> yes i'm talking of carriage driving yes yes um, who has it me too that's right so they are going to yeah obviously. <laughs> yes they're going to bond uh over uh, uh this cart this carriage that uh philip is going to get uh uh fixed up um and, and over the sport and, and obviously uh, talking about grief and, and marriage um meanwhile uh diana's friend james uh, coulters is approached by an author andrew morton who's already planning to write a book and would like to see if princess diana would be interested in sort of getting her story told um uh Via James, she does agree. She records some tape uh, uh, sessions, um, and then those are delivered back to Diana. Um, and, and ultimately, at the end of the episode, the book is released. Uh, uh, there's rumors. Philip hears the rumors about the book being released uh, from Penny. Uh, he will go to uh, uh, Diana and say that they are part of the system. Uh, you're not really, not really a family, more of a system, and you're undermining it by doing what you're doing. Essentially, she's going to claim. I didn't directly. No interview was done. No direct contact with the author, which is technically right. Um, and that's where we're sort of end episode two. Uh, what do you think of this one? So I liked it in watching it. I think I enjoyed it more in the moment um, than watching episode one because I felt like it was like 
driving the story a little more definitely like Diana's story and I think a lot of those scenes of her like giving the interview as an example and then kind of the confrontation with Philip are great scenes that do drive a lot of the story forward in a way that episode one was just kind of like a table setting episode although I will say probably my favorite scene so far has been Charles and the prime minister having a meeting that was so like deliciously (laughs) awkward and just Uh like a perfect encapsulation of that character but Mm -hmm. I I did like that it was something that was moving it forward but then in thinking about it I have two questions for you yes on the editorial choices that I'm now a little more iffy on the first being to cut out everyone basically (laughs) other than Philip and Diana when we're trying to make this transition like we talked about in season three how those like first few episodes are so important to like how we're going to like get like our basis for these characters and then watch them evolve. Even if we know them as characters, but then the new version of them with these actors and for season three, like they did, they had like the Margaret episode in episode two and maybe like we lost a little bit for that, but this was like particularly like a singular focus. And then we had Abathan where I've said like how harsh the queen came across in that it, it like dissociated me a little bit from the character, especially be, like how different it was to how she'd been played by Claire Foy. Now we have a second episode where the queen we will talk about, like I think some of the pivotal scenes from her, but she's very minimally in it. And then Charles is out of it completely. And I feel like the queen is our protagonist. Yeah. Charles is going to be crucial. I feel to, to obviously to this whole yeah. thing and his relationship with Diana and the queen. They're probably two of the harder transitions as we've spoken about for Charles and the fact that the queen is someone we're always kind of tracking that evolution as our main character and now we've lost that time. I wonder if we'll be like, you know, missing a little bit from that. I wonder if we'll be trying to catch up now through the season to get to know these people because there was such a singular focus on this like very clear dichotomy of like Philip and Diana and how he treats like these two different women who are suffering, which again was on the nose, but I thought was handled well enough. But I just thought it was an interesting editorial choice to do this as the focus and such an extreme focus in the second episode. So I, what I think is, so there's a lot, here I, I you're right i think that uh i think that in a in a show that doesn't recast their whole cast that um i i think that this this is a little bit easier to like yeah. completely pivot um because it feels like you have to sort of do episode one where you have everybody and, and pr- yeah. primarily it has to be about elizabeth um and yeah. and so then it's like okay it, i mean i i do think the season is going to be like super heavy on diana um, because I, I also like, I know people will probably have watched this whole thing by the time they've listened to this, but half, I, I'm, my, I don't know, but my guess is, is that this is the, the, the last Diana season. Um, really? it's, so I don't fun- think so. it's so funny I'm- how, like, I, I feel like I'm dancing around a spoiler about a woman. Who passed away. Yeah. <laughs> I think if people don't know what happened okay. to Diana, maybe just check out, you Google it, you come back. Yeah. To yeah, the yeah. Podcast, so that we can, yeah. But yeah. I don't think that'll happen okay. this season. I'm okay. pretty sure that Elizabeth and Becky is in the next season. Okay, in very interesting. Okay, so that does change because in my head, if that's sort of where we like, that's sort of where I thought we were going to end this season. And so that's why I feel like, yes, it makes sense. You have to sort of have an Elizabeth thing, but then you sort of shift to this uh, Diana thing. And what I kind of like about this episode is that Philip is a is a huge hypocrite, I think, because I think what yeah, this is setting up is that his relationship with, with I believe she's Lady Ramsey, also, yeah, Penny Natchbull. Um, like she... He he's clearly like there's something that's gonna come from that, I, and I so the that. and so the fact that he's like doing this, he's like gallivanting, right? He like he says this line to her um, about the fact that like he him and Diana very interesting. So I think they're very interesting people to compare. And there is a moment in season four, right? Because that's the only season Diana's been in so far, where he comes to the room, right? And he's like, because she's not coming yes. for dinner, and they have yes. that scene. I really like that scene, and you can yes. tell that he's trying to be a little bit more like he's not 
being the nicest father-in-law, but he's he's being as nice, I think, as one can expect from like a royal. And then this one, he's not nice at all. He's like, no, if you're part of the system, whatever. And he says this thing about his childhood. And he, he talks about his sister passing away. He had a very tumultuous childhood. And he said he was excited by the prospect of marriage because he thought it would be like a stabilizing figure in his life. He said part of what he liked about it is that like she's with you forever, which is like kind of a gross <laughs> <laughs> they're like stuck in marriages but like uh, anybody who's marrying a woman to be like now she's stuck with me forever that's bad don't don't think of marriage that way but he does see it as this like you know as part of being he's marrying to be the prince of england like it is the stabilizing thing that will be in his life i think diana thought the same thing potentially about her marriage to charles as well that it was a thing that like you know there's this idea of like the the fairy tale of being a princess but also that like it might be this thing that would sort of stay be stable yeah. for her and it absolutely mm -hmm. hasn't um and mm -hmm. they're in completely different situations because like philip is a man and diana is a woman and how they're going to be uh, like treated and respected in the family is so much different right like we saw that like the lengths that elizabeth went to to like capitulate to, to philip yeah. she she mm -hmm. uh the the crowning uh, uh episode right where like he's in the full garb right and he looks like a little wiener as he's like but she's like <laughs> He's like, I need to, I need to have like titles. I can't, like, I can't be outranked by my son. Uh, you know, none of that is going to happen for Diana. And so I think it's very interesting that like, he's not even really seeing like he, he's they're They're not acting the same, but he's, he's like, you know, pushing us, but he says, um, you, you, when you get married, you actually end up growing separately. Um, which I don't think is how all people would define their I marriage. I don't think, I don't, so, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I really liked this episode as sort of like a, a double character study and how they're the, um, that they're kind of in some ways going through the same thing. And yet this, this family, the crown is, is a system. It's not a family. And so th they're like all unhappy. Like even, you know, Philip is like happily driving his carriage around, but like, you know, in some ways he must be like an unhappy man. And also uh, Diana is deeply unhappy to the point that she's going to like, she's going to choose to go and uh, you know, not write a tell all, but you know, essentially tell all to the, to the author. So I really liked this. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I liked the theme of this episode, I will say. No, I definitely get that. I mean, look, yes, as Philip says, like the best thing about my marriage is that I couldn't get out of it, even if I wanted to. Like That's like a, a funny way to look at marriage. But I do think in terms yeah. of the hypocrisy that you speak about, I think that is an interesting point because the thing that like Philip and Diana have always connected on is like being these outsiders who obviously yeah. are like married to who's going to be the monarch and then they should always kind of be in second Diana hasn't been and maybe that is a bit of the fracture that happens with Philip. Like everything he wanted, can you imagine how much he would have loved if everyone was booing the queen and he was yes. like- you yes. know, the nation's darling, he would have been like, yeah. this is amazing. So like in being the outsiders that they once were and they bonded over and had this like sweet relationship, um, that's gone away. And the jealousy that everyone has for Diana, Philip probably does as well. But the hypocrisy I think is quite clear because as you talk about all the things that Philip whined about for two seasons and he was unhappy and, you know, we, we, we criticize that. I guess, it, you know, it's his life. It's a difficult thing to always be second. Everyone complains about that in the show all the time if they're not the queen. Yes. But look at the hypocrisy because his, his issue is I don't want to be outranked by my son. I want this title. I want my name. I want my home. And like, it's important to him, but in the grand scheme of things it's not as important to like, look at Diana. She couldn't even bother caring about who outranks her. She's just trying to live. Yeah. Like, look, like that's the hypocrisy that like his struggles that he, and the thing is that, yeah, he really, really did struggle for so long and was again, such a whiny complainer about it for so long yeah. um and now we'll like criticize Di criticize diana whose situation is a thousand times worse and whose desperation is so much more harrowing so i think that hypocrisy is an interesting thing to note but then i did enjoy this as a double character study on two characters that i do 
like and am intrigued by in, in Philip and Diana. My issue was once I thought about it a little more, I ha- I questioned why that dynamic was the, the thing highlighted here because I did go back to that scene, which is like basically the final conversation of season four where mm-hmm. Philip and Diana have like a bit of a confrontation and it's mm-hmm. like, again, like kind of one of the, the pinnacle scenes of the, the season and the finale. It's very similar here. Like I feel that right. a lot of this dynamic has actually been treaded. Like they, we see that whole relationship play out through the fourth season. They bond in season two. Again, there they, is this like sweet kind of awkward, lovely father-in-law paternal fondness that he has for her and that she has. And they, they have like that hunting moment. Then it sours again. There probably is that jealousy, that disparity. They were once outsiders together. Now it's so different and she's like causing problems. And at this point he's the team with Elizabeth that's really trying to enforce the system. And then he comes and he has this conversation with her and having watched that scene, it's not so different to the scene we get here three ep- or two episodes later um, where like he, he tries to draw on that fondness. I've always liked you, you know, and, and very similar, very similar structure. He'll then kind of like bitch about Charles as a way of connecting every time. <laughs> like, hey, you don't like your husband, neither do I. Like that's something we have in common. Um, and he'll try to like appeal to her in that way. And in both times, he will ultimately betray her and betray any of the fondness they had by showing like, you're much less my daughter-in-law than you are like a pawn in the in the system. He literally uses the word system both times. Yeah. And then he becomes like harsh, cold. I mean, the, the scene in season four was amazingly done and probably didn't need to be expanded on because I think we got a lot of it there. So like they've kind of already told the story really, really well. So I thought it was interesting that they would like not not just tell it again two episodes later, but focus on it so much um where it becomes the entire episode to again like the absence of everyone else. And I feel like the only thing we really learned and evolved was I guess where they are now, but mostly just that like Diana has a little a little more fight in her in season four. Like she's still fighting and here she just again, is is silent and he commends her for her silence. So I think that she's kind of had that mm-hmm. stamped out of her. It's, it's definitely sad to see that progression, but I kind of feel like that's the only real progression that we got. So to talk about the edit for a second, the other thing I was thinking about was, um, I haven't watched anything else. I don't know what the other episodes are about. And I wonder how much of the rest of the season are going to mostly be related to, and actually, sorry, related to uh, events. So real life events. And so this episode is tied to the, the, the book that comes out by Andrew Morton. And so they very, I think that it makes a lot of sense to put um, the, like a Diana centric episode here. Again, what I said, I think she's going to be like a major player in the season and potentially as, as you're saying, like, beyond uh in into season five uh six sorry as well and i wonder if they were just looking around at like the other pieces that they have the other stories that the moments that they want to capture and felt like okay this is a good place to sort of you know how how do these because you want these i think what i like about this episode is that it's two character studies and then the stories come together in a way and so i'm just wondering if like this was how they felt like like i i don't i can't imagine we well i guess with the 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 Natch Penny Natchbull. I guess we're presumably going to get more Philip stuff, probably. I assume, but like a full episode, uh, where where specifically where it's from Philip's point of view, because I can see where we might get something that comes out about uh, a Philip, but it's much more from Elizabeth's point of view. And so, was this the episode that they wanted to choose? We're like, okay, there's space here to kind of do some Philip stuff, and we'll cap it off by like having the two storylines uh, intertwine. That's sort of how I'm like reading the edit of like, why did we get? another Philip Diana scene that, that to your point is like very similar to the one we got for other than that they really like they, they wanted to call this episode the system <laughs> like they really liked that it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So let's dive into Diana's side of the story. And I think that there's a lot of... Um, pressure on, on the, the crown to a degree. This is the, the book that Andrew Morton uh, writes in, in 1992 is sort of the first thing that is sort of officially things on the record uh, in real life, um, things on the record from Diana's family and friends in terms of how she was feeling. There was a lot of obviously uh, rumors that the, the marriage was not going well, but this is sort of the first time it felt like somebody had something um, on tape. And I think one of the things is Diana is such a prominent figure in our culture, um, even now, and unfortunately, we're just going to spoil the thing we said we, people to go look up earlier, her death. Um, obviously, it has been like tremendously, she's been tremendously covered as like a figure, right? There's like, been how many like movies and TV shows and books and whatever um, written on her. And so I think that the show, uh, I'm, I'm interested in what your thoughts on the show, that like this is sort of the moment that Diana chooses to let Andrew Morton write this book and sort of un- veil the unhappiness in 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 her life and in her marriage with charles and her uh, role in, in the system how do you think that the the episode did in terms of like conveying that it's been done like a lot of times right like uh, uh diana's struggle in the family um but what do you think of, of this particular way of, of her sort of working with james through andrew i think what's been so interesting about this is that it's opened up a small debate that i've seen online in that i just briefly browsed the reddit but it, uh-huh. it opened up this debate being is Diana fully the victim? Uh-huh. Um, because I think a lot of people saw it as like, you should not be doing this thing. Like it, she was like brazen. And I do think mm-hmm. it is a little shocking because we're so not used to the fact that a royal will just like casually say to people, like, it's going so badly. My marriage is so bad. Like, even from that, I was like, wow, that is, that's bold. That's quite shocking. And then obviously to go with the book, I will say that for me, um, this put into perspective, as we've said, as like, 
you know, many child sympathizers, which may age badly, but like Mm -hmm. this for me put into perspective how much of the victim she is, 100%. Um, And there was a few things in that. Firstly, I think her talking about um, the fact that they can take her kids, that the crown kind of owns the air. That to me really did crystallize like how trapped she is because obviously that's like a worst nightmare for any parent. Um, So she is like completely trapped in that. Um, I think also the fact that she is speaking about it when she's a little older offers a little bit of like reflection and clarity, even though we saw her fall down the rabbit hole in season four and and kind of watch those struggles, when someone can kind of look back on it and put it all into like a very sharp focus, I think that that also really crystallized what she's been through in like these really traumatizing ways. I think that the sheer trauma of Camilla, like, again, we both said, like, we understand like, Charles was a victim of that as well in that he couldn't just like marry the person that he wanted to, that couldn't like play out to its natural conclusions. But I think like not just seeing it evolve as we did, the fact that she can look back and even just talk about the trauma of Camilla even being in things like her wedding and we saw like them meet and the fact that she was supposed to be part of the honeymoon, like the sheer trauma of that. uh, I think for me that crystallized how for Charles, like even in his own victimhood, and we believe that he was again, a fellow victim of the system, he was obviously older, he had been more used to the system, he has still more power as the person who's like in this royal family. And he didn't try to protect her at any level, not even as like a wife or a romantic partner, which she's never really been to him, but even as like a friend or a companion or a, a fellow victim who kind of got brought into the situation with him. You think there might have been like some protectiveness there, even if he didn't want to marry her. But then of course he prioritizes Camilla even like beyond her trauma. And he sees her as like the villain and part of the problem. And he like hates her for that, even though it's not a fault. Like it, at a point, it's neither of their fault. But then he, but the fact that he doesn't take that into consideration in any case, it makes him, it makes him, you know, the fact that he's then doing the wrong thing, um, even as they're both in this really difficult situation. So I think looking back at it and, and having her tell the story in her own words and even hearing more of it that we didn't even see necessarily kind of like the, the suicide attempts, um, to me, put into a very sharp focus how hard this has been for her, um, how hard it's been in like these very formational years for this young person that I, I feel it does kind of lock her into a bit of like a childlike doe-eyed state because she never got to like have this like natural growth into um, like an adult person. Like she gets thrown into the situation and has to deal with things well beyond her years without any of the preparation or support to do it. So I I didn't think, like, I'm, I'm curious to think what you think because it is brazen and she, she is doing something so kind of out of line for the, the system of which we know whether you agree with that system or not. Most people probably don't. It's obviously mm-hmm. a messed up institution. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But she's so much the victim in that for me. So I, wh- where do you sit with it and like kind of how you, oh. you see her in that? Oh, she, I think she's totally the victim here. You know, I you, uh, there's like a, thir- I think it's a 13-ish year age gap between the two of them as well. What's mm-hmm. wild to me is that Diana is 31 when when this book comes out. I think roughly she might not have actually turned 31, but she's around the you know, 31 years of age. And I was at a conference recently with a lot of people at work and I'd be like sitting. Uh, there's kind of this joke that like, who's ever sort of the most senior uh buys the the alcohol when you're like uh at the like at the, on the night out after the end of the conference and just like it was never it was never gonna be me shannon <laughs> the tab and so i just like i was just looking i was like oh wow we're like the same the the year that dana decides to write you know talk to to andrew morton or or, or record the tapes and send them to uh, give them to james who will give them to morton she's only 31 uh really young it's like really young you know um and and so i think one of the things in terms of like who is the victim or not is like it is it is a a chain of 
just unhelpful people. I was thinking about, I think you said this once, it's the scene where Elizabeth yells at Charles. She's so mad at him. And it's like, God, he's the only person who's in the same situation you were in. Um, that, uh, you know, at one point in your life, you're, you're, you're the next, you know, monarch. Uh, uh, once, once your father passes away, you're next. And it's just this like refusal to be like, okay, what do you need for us for this to actually work? It's just like, no, go figure out how to friggin' be the like heir to the throne. And they all do this. I think like thinking back to that, what we're talking about with like Philip and Diana, it's the same thing. Like they should be able to relate to each other. And yet somehow it, this is such the attitude of like, well, you know, I paid my student loan. So the student loan debt shouldn't be paid off for future students of like, no, I suffered. And so, and I figured it out. Now you have to figure it out. Like, I'm not going to, you know, I don't need to tell you how to, to do this. Um, I mean, the big difference here that like Diana is going through stuff that even, uh, you know, presumably Elizabeth did not go through, which is, um, you know, uh, an eating disorder, um, uh, you know, attempting suicide while she is pregnant with her child. That, that I am totally with you that the stuff about like, I actually can't leave because even though divorce isn't really on the it's like seemingly on the table. Like, I don't think at this, like, I don't know how much at this point internally, not on the show, we definitely have seen it, but internally, whether there's like, you're absolutely not getting divorced, uh, you know, had there been a, had there been a, uh, this is where we need a crown. No, it's going to be Anne. I think I feel like Anne, gets Anne is the first. and there's going to be yeah, like right. all of the divorces coming up, but I right. feel that we, ha we hadn't really yeah. had that in like the actual lineage. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels like it's like not on the table, right? Like it, it, it feels like it's on the table. And then she says this thing of like, and even if I leave, if I divorce him or separate or leave and whatever, they can just take my kids. And I thought last episode did a really good job of showing us the relationship between William uh, and Harry and their mom. And it's so friggin' cute. And uh, it was so good. And so, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty heartbreaking. Like uh, the thing I sometimes have from, like, I'm watching this episode, these episodes in ways that a lot of people aren't, which is like, I just like, oh yeah, there was a really great scene. Like if I was binge watching it, that would have happened 20 minutes ago. <laughs> like her being like with her children and then being like, yeah. And if I like get divorced, like my kids are going to get taken away. Like that in conjunction probably worked like incredibly well and is incredibly powerful. So I think she's completely uh, uh, the victim. I think it's like, I think that it, the show had a tough with like, this is all st like the, the revelatory nature of this stuff happening before I think is like such a common thing. But I think the show does this all really well. The, f the fact that they can take things that we know happened and make us like, you know, on the edge of our seats and like very compelled by the show is just a thing that I think, think they do really well. And I like the style of, of um, what I, what I really, cause like part of the point of the book and, and you know, when the book comes out at the time, Andrew Morton has to say, no, I never interviewed the, the uh, Princess Diana. I inter you know, I talked to her friends and her family, but I never got to interview her. And what I really think is like really powerful in this episode is Diana getting to say what happened to her in her own words, right? To actually uh, be able to speak truth to all of these things that happened to her, even if like the end thing is the public doesn't necessarily know that, it, you know, that it was Diana who said it. Um, we get to see it in the episode. And I think it was a really powerful like mechanic to use um, to really show what a horrible situation Diana is in. Yeah, I, I think hard not to see her as an extreme victim in that. And also the fact that, as we're saying, there's so much lack of support. And it feels like she really, she tried so hard through everything. Like she she came in with the best of intentions. She continued to try through the best of intentions and has just been like shoved down by the system and the family. And I feel like had she been shown even a, a modicum of support by pretty much 
anyone, she wouldn't have gone this route. Like she was really driven to it in every capacity. And it is, as you say, like they should be like uniquely placed to help and support each other through this really, really difficult situation. And instead, like no one chooses to do that. Even if it was just Charles had, you know, when he's in love with another woman, she's his wife, but Charles being like, let me at least like mentor you through the difficult thing that yeah. we've been we've been put into. Like, let me let me literally treat you as a young friend at the very least. I know that would have been a strange dynamic and that's not what she wanted, but she becomes the villain. Like you can even see the ire with which they speak about her, the way the penny comes to to Prince Philip and it's like she's writing this book like she's like the big the big bad of, of the whole thing to all yeah. of them um and no one is even like let's support this person like it feels that Philip or the Queen or Charles or anyone could have given her like the tiniest amount of support and it wouldn't have gone this way so I think it's really really hard to to blame her and I think that it's her taking her power back in a couple of ways, like yes, to speak on her own story, yes, to just do something when you felt so powerless. Um, and she's so powerless. Like I, I think that it really hits home with the fact that they could take her children because such a big part of what we know about her is that she's like this uniquely wonderful mother in this institution where that's not true. Like she, she would be the one being like, well, I can't do that. Whereas I feel like a lot of royals would have been like, all right, bye. You know, like if that's my major issue, like they can keep their air and like, let me go like be, you know, in some tropical island like we we see how important motherhood is to her so the fact that her children are such a big part of it i think is crucial um and then i'll just she, i'll she, just I, I will say i'll try to tweet it out but i don't know if um i don't know where it came from but there's an interview i watched really recently with harry and he talks about hmm. how the way megan was talking to yes, him uh, uh, is very similar to yes. like it's like he doesn't relate it to this but like the stuff that she's saying in these tapes it's so similar yeah it's very and yeah. he's basically saying like how could i let that continue we had we had to leave we had to go i had to go and protect my wife because i lost my mom and like it's it's yeah. so heartbreaking so i'm like getting like goosebumps now i'll try and like uh when the episode goes out i'll try to like uh find it and like tweet it underneath the uh the tweet for the episode but it's like yeah it's really like heartbreaking because it's like so much what he's saying that the way megan was feeling is so much just like what diana was saying in these tapes yeah, I've seen and sent around that clip myself. Like as someone who's not a royalist, I yeah. actually am quite obsessed with um, the way that Harry um, has like spoken out against like media and social media for what it's done to Meghan as someone who really has like, I care so much about the cause of online hate. That's something that's so important to me and fighting back against that. And I think that Harry's doing really important things in that. And he does make this connection to Diana and the way that Meghan is treated. And he has more power than Diana, like mm -hmm. probably as a man, as the fact that he's yep. not so tied to it as like being in the direct lineage yep. with modern times, like he has more options to him than even Diana had like 30 years ago. So we see how trapped she's in that. And even Harry doing that has been like the firestorm of, of the decade, probably um, definitely from a Royal perspective and the fact that they've done that, there's still so much scrutiny. So I definitely think that we see that. I think that for Diana, her options are so limited and doing this is a bold move. It is, you know, she has to be talked into it. Like she knows it's going to start something of a war. Yeah. Um, e even in trying to get around, like being directly implicated in talking about it. But there's, there's a sense of a little bit of power there, like giving her her voice back, being able to talk about it is, is cathartic in and of itself. It's important for her to have her agency. And then you even see about the fact that like, she's actually being cared about. But by, I think the author, like, I don't know if that's, a bad read if he's really trying to just like make money but he seems to actually care about her story getting out there she has her friend in john who actually is like i wish you told me who actually seems to like care about her as a human and not just be trying to use or exploit her why shouldn't she rely on the people who are, have her best interests at heart even though that's not 
her family or the family that she's married into. I mean, we see how isolated she is. She's scared. She's paranoid. She's hearing the phone click. Her All her friendship no. circle are like people she's basically paying to help her in like this like well, style healthcare provider style. Yeah, when, when she and says her circle. Yeah. When I, when I, my friends and she's going, here's know, my, so like, here's my healthcare provider. Here's another hair. Th-, you know, that like, you know, my astrologist, well, like, yeah. Oh, that's so heartbreaking that those are her friends. I know. And, but that's the thing is she's been like locked in this ivory tower. Like he even, like he even says like, you know, this is where like we, we put the mad aunts and that's ostensibly her. Like we put this person who's an inconvenience to us. who can't talk to anyone who can't do anything. And the best we can offer her is like, make it work for you, but it doesn't work for her. Again, it's like this false show of support. Like, yeah, we're trying to help you. We're trying to make it work, but it's actually like what works for us. Like you have to do, you have to always prioritize the system in this family that's done nothing for you. So I don't know how anyone can see it as like, even though it is such a bold choice, like what else is she meant to do um, when every single thing has been against her? And she really has, from what we've seen, tried very, very hard. So I felt for her through this episode. Yeah, I totally agree. I think to the point of like, what else do you do? She says like, I, you know, and we've seen it in the show. She's tried to talk with Charles. She's tried to talk with Elizabeth. And to the point earlier of like, uh, there was, I don't know what the the point was, but in last episode, she goes to Charles and she says, I was willing to do the media fake, like, you know, whatever on the one, on one condition. He goes, what's the one condition? She says that you were like, she says, I was willing to pretend that you are a loving father and husband. I was willing to do that as long as you came on this trip and did one thing. So what's that? It's like pretend to be, at least pretend to be a loving father and husband. And it's so sad. Like she has tried so hard to get through to him and he, he puts up a wall. He, he is just too not into, he like, I, I think there's like some self-sabotage here as that, that, not that anybody should stay in a, a marriage that like is unhappy if they're not good for each other. I think they're like both stuck to a degree. Um, but also he's not really trying to make it easier. You know, like the idea of like last episode where he's um, scoffing at the idea that she would want to go shopping is like, it's so it's, it's just like rude, you know, he's being rude to your wife in front of all your, you know, your friends and, and, and your children. So, and then she's tried to talk with Elizabeth and that doesn't work either. Uh, she like will not hug her back, you know? Um, so she's tried. And so I think that this is, this is good. And it's, you know, I think this comes sort of at the end of the episode and then we get, you know, and also I, I think to your point about whether it, it humanizes Andrew Morton or not, for me, I really felt like it, it humanizes James. Um, I, I thought the fact that he's willing to do this and willing uh, to be put in the middle. I know Andrew Morton gets like, he almost gets hit. Is it, he gets hit on the, uh, on his bike um, and his house gets broken into. So like a dangerous thing seemingly to like. Yeah, John gets hit on his bike and then Andrew Morton's house is broken into. And then she seems to be like checking right. out all the security and like checking, right. you know, she's had the phone. So she's very, I think like rightly paranoid. And the fact that she is like this problem person that's being kind of watched and looked out for. Yeah. Um, so that's like, awful and sad so i think it does do a you know a, a good job i you know yeah I, I don't know i i i can't i can't comment on like real life andrew morton certainly i think in the show um he's human he he does he, he's saying i'll throw out the whole like I'll, I'll write a draft and i'll kill it if you don't want it want it out right um so i think he is willing to sacrifice i think it's like two things i think like sometimes it's so we live in such a world that like uh uh we choose to like look at decisions super black or white so this idea that like well yeah he'd make a bunch of money off it means it's a bad thing to do but he also does let diana ultimately have her story told kind of in the first way that she ever does have it even if publicly they they all agree that it's not you know they have to give the line that he never interviewed her right um 
So yeah, anything else about uh, the Diana side of things? I thought a really strong Diana episode. Yeah, like Elizabeth Becky is 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 doing a tremendous job here. Uh, you know, living up to what Emma Corrin uh, had put out last season. But anything else from this side of the storyline? I, I think that we we fully kind of covered it with Diana. Um, yeah, so I yeah. think that we kind of see the the way that it's going to go with her um yeah she, she has really tried a lot and i think that you know it was clear as well in, in that first episode as you said the disdain with which they have for her and and the the lack of respect i think that's been that's what that's what this has kind of shown to me yeah and not that we didn't see it in the fourth season but like charles never loved her and that was never going to be the person they were a horrible couple but you don't have to you don't have to be in love with someone to treat them with respect you know, especially like, Very you know, <laughs> not, and not just as a mother, not just as the mother of his kids, but as a human being, you so know, true. like that, I think is a thing that has really come to the fore for me in this is like, she was never going to be his person, but she could have been like a person to him, um, that yeah. he could have just helped in any way. Um, and he's and he's very condescending towards her that, you know, she finds this stuff fun and she's just like ridiculous person. Like, well, then why did you marry someone 13 years your junior? Yeah. And then not allow them to like grow up in like any type of healthy way. I mean, again, he has to do it. But well, also doing a lot of do, stuff but he could have been nicer about it. I think well, that's also do, well, also doing stuff that's incredibly grown up and mature. Nobody else is doing like going to see like AIDS patients and cancer. You know, like she's, know, she's that, a bunch of charity work, right? So exactly. It's like, yeah. That's the that's the contradictory thing about it is like they fear is this like young, like kind of irre- like maybe irrelevant or just like like hollow person. Um, but she's also done, has so much trauma beyond her years. She's also done so much more beyond her years. She's also, she's not, I mean, she, in some ways she's kind of 18. She's kind of locked in this way, but in other ways, she's definitely not 31. She's much older than this. Like how many people would have had to like, again, she's, she had children so young. She's had to be like a mother in this way. And then she's had to like be this public figure and deal with so many things that others wouldn't have to. And then she's just disrespected as if she'd just been this kind of young person who's like not important when if, if any parts of that are true, it feels like they locked her into some of that trauma and the parts mm-hmm. that she, she's beyond that get completely overlooked. Um, so it's a lack of respect for me because I, I don't feel like you ever really need to treat someone like that, mm-hmm. um, even if they're not like the romantic partner for you. So that was how I mm-hmm. felt about Diana. I'm really interested well, to get your take on, on where Elizabeth sat, sat in this episode because uh, I thought uh, that was a really interesting thing. One thing I'll, I'll say is, uh, and I lost it. I lost my point. Uh, oh, uh, uh, that uh, Philip sees him, or uh, sorry, Charles sees himself as like this modernist who like could be king. Well, the only reason he's considered like modernist is because uh, Diana's doing all this modern <laughs> stuff of like being part of the crown. So yeah, um, he's, just, he's such a modern person, but he'll scoff at someone going shopping, shopping. as if that's yeah. like, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he maybe he sees himself as like this like kind of ideal middle ground between Diana and Elizabeth. But people don't even want the middle ground. Like they want you to be modern. Um, yeah. And as you said in the, in the last episode, like so much of his appeal is Diana and he just has like so much ire for her. So yeah. we'll see how that so, kind of tracks in the way that she's just like really disrespected as a human through yeah. these episodes and beyond probably. So, I mean, I actually also think it's very interesting in this episode, speaking of Diana's position or Eliz- yeah, Diana's position and being sort of, uh, um, you know, mistreated. Philip, go, he's going on these, you know, these carriage romps with, uh, with, with Penny Natchbull. And he's talking about, you know, this thing about like being locked in, you know, it's like the, you know, you finally had the stability of being in a marriage with someone, but you grow, you, you start to grow separately and you realize it's different. And he comes back and he, he's talking with Elizabeth and he is like talking about how husbands and wives should have secrets from each other. And she's like, uh, I, I don't agree with that. Like, I, th- I, I don't think, uh, and they talk about how God is watching and Philip's like, yeah, well, maybe the big guy, he clocks out every once in a while. And it's like, 
boy, he like wants it both ways that you like get to, you, you need to be part of the system, but also like, if you're a man, you get to keep things from, uh, you get to keep things from Elizabeth. And so it's just very, the way that this episode is positioned that we don't get a ton of Elizabeth. We have uh, a moment very early on in the episode where they talk about how they make each other better because they're together. And she says, isn't that what marriage is supposed, isn't that the point of marriage? And by the end of the episode, it's like, yeah, but also like you kind of have, you know, we don't have to know everything about each other. Um, and it's just like, he's, I don't know. It's so like, I feel like I love that scene at the end of season two where it's like, they finally seem on the same page, but I think we're learning very quickly that like, you know, we might've had some stability in three and four, uh, but uh, the old Philip would like to come out and play, I think <laughs> a little bit. Um, and I think a point that you made in, I think before we started talking, I think it came up in our first episode. That's really like made me captivated by this, the show in a way that I wasn't looking at it before is um, just the way that despite being the most powerful woman on the planet, probably there are ways in which Elizabeth is still so um, she still has, she still has to live as a woman. She still has to be the the wife to, to being, you know, uh, to her husband, uh, Philip. And so I think that this is uh, a really, you know, uh, I, I was, I was not, I was kind of like dreading as we, as I'm like watching, I'm like, Oh my God, this is a Philip episode. I actually think it was like pretty good. And, and, and to the point that I, I think that moving forward, I think now that we've had the Philip, so I think the focus of Philip and, a penny will now be from the mostly from the lens of Elizabeth, I presume. Um, but boy, this is like a brutal conversation. I feel like they have at the end of the, at the end of the episode, Shannon. Yeah. So on Penny and Philip, are we really meant to see this as romantic? Is that what I'm meant to be doing? Cause I, I don't want to be, I feel like I'm not consenting to seeing this as like a romantic thing. Like I heard you in the last podcast. I've since looked it up that there's like questions around whether this was an affair, which is something I really I don't know I don't really buy or enjoy from like a character standpoint and from like a history standpoint I, I'm sure knowing the crown that the way this will play out will be like super vague draw your own conclusions as we do from history back of the head of more... back of the head yeah. of uh of Philip in the in the newspaper yeah exactly exactly and I, 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 I draw the conclusion that I don't think that this to me is going to be romantic like I, from a character perspective I really do feel like we did resolve that in season two and I feel like we've moved past it like going back I mean I guess had that actually happened would just be kind of like the humanity of that um like you know like they can't help what actually happened in real life even if it doesn't make sense as like a character story point um but from a character story i i, I think it would be a regression that i wouldn't really so, love yeah so do you know what i actually as i was watching the episode because i sort of got accepted with this thing too that apparently there was these rumors of a relationship and i actually think so i agree with you that i think it would be very vague because if there's no proof then i don't think you're going to do it and the other thing is that i mean peter morgan has talked about that the show is a love letter to queen elizabeth to, to uh the queen and so i do that doesn't mean that they're going to give always give a super favorable, um, uh, you know, viewing of a Philip, like we've seen that before, but if there's no real evidence, I don't know that I see that the show being very explicit. And what I think this actually, this story is actually about, and I do think it will now shift to the Elizabeth perspective is what is Philip getting out of a, a friendship, even if it's a platonic friendship with Penny Thatch, uh, Natchbull, that he's like not, getting from me right like what it, it, that obviously philip is getting something out of this that this time that he's going to go spend with penny and then i also think there'll be a lot of rumors about it being romantic that then they'll have to talk about and philip will obviously deny and potentially elizabeth will have to figure out if she believes him or not right um so that's 
I think the story that we're going to to get is um, much, I think you're right. It's going to be very vague and that we will probably now see them continue to have some sort of friendship. They'll never, I, I don't think that they will explore whether, I don't think they'll ever confirm or, or at least choose to depict in the show that it's some romantic relationship. And so it's much more about like, what is Philip getting out of carriage riding with Penny Natchville that we know is like a thing that will continue to happen? And how does it affect Philip and Elizabeth's relationship? Right. But that makes me sad because I feel like, I mean, it's in this kind of like archaic institution, so I get it. But like to just put so much kind of like a, of a negative spin on really what is like, I think the kindest and nicest that Philip's ever been. Like I thought this was other than like the hypocrisy of, of how it's compared to Diana. Like it really was to me, like some of the most endearing Philip's has been as this kind of person who can use his time and resources and wisdom to help someone who is suffering. And that's what he does. Like he's trying to really help her. Some of the stuff might be a little, I feel a little bit tone deaf as he, you know, I mean, but he's doing the best that he can. He's like, get a hobby. Like your child has died, but get a hobby. But he, he's he's trying in like his pragmatic way to be like, how can I make it better for this person who is really going through something horrific? And I like that part of Philip, other, other than the hypocrisy with Diana. Like I thought this was really kind. Like he speaks about his own experience of grief. Like we see kind of how the the things that he's been through has, has now contributed to him be being like this better, more evolved person in the way that I think, should be really good um so, so it's going to turn into a thing of like should he even like what is he getting out of it like what well, he's giving like he's actually like quite a good right. thing that he's doing for this woman right because they're you're talking about grief i actually love the grief stuff uh in this episode i love this idea that like boy i thought it was really good that's why i actually do think it's not going to be this romantic thing and but to, i think the point will be about that like because you're part of the system there's it always is like very complicated to like uh because you could just say yes it's just this platonic thing. and actually we're like grieving together in a sense. Yeah. Um, it's, that it's like will, more than platonic. It's like, yeah, like affirming in such a difficult time. So, you know, I love the the stuff about grief. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I think that um, I loved the stuff about the fact that your love will never be the same. You will, you will learn to live with the grief that you have and you will feel better. And there'll be moments where you're happy, but also it will, it will, it will just never be the same. Uh, you know, I, I can't speak from experience having lost uh, a child, but I think it's like, it's probably very true that it, it will, it just impacts the way you like move forward and live your life. And the moments it comes up where you don't want it to come up. I always remember um, when my uncle died, somebody shared this metaphor that like grief is like a, a, a ball in a box. And at first the ball is really big. And every time it hits the corner of a box, it's like, that's like, uh, it stings. Like you think about it and you remember it. And as you move away from the time that you're, the person passed away, the ball gets smaller, but it keeps bouncing around the box. And so every time it, at first, cause if the ball is so big, it keeps hitting the side of the box and you keep thinking about it. And suddenly the ball gets smaller. And so I think that's true. You know, like it's always there. Like you always have the ball in the box. You always are going to be grieving. I thought it was actually like a really like, you know, and it's like kind of silly. They're like on a, you know, like, he redid the carriage and they're doing the carriage but i thought it was a really sweet like moment from uh a philip so i'm i'm glad you're like not like okay this yeah. is going to be like the romantic affair stuff because that's no, not, that's not how that i put the premise yeah that's like, not I'm how not i like that. read the that. scenes of them together either no, that, like I there's mean, no like their hands accidentally touch oh or like what, you know it wasn't that at all well yeah. okay yes i hope that is not i mean look I know the crowd will handle, handle it as the public did, which is like, it's a rumor. Um, and I'm sure that that's the way that it will go. And I just think it was, it was, it was a little bit, it was a little bit too indifferent for a little bit. It was ultimately like a lovely thing. Like he's actually just like really taken like a, a real, like genuine 
like heartache for this person that he's trying to help and instead it becomes yeah. like how is this nefarious I don't see it in that way and I know that like she's like a family friend like she's also like friends with Elizabeth so that to me also makes it seem like this is not the thing I also just don't want to believe that like like but, it's actually just this like creepy old man thing rather than just being like this kind old man thing but That's where it, I want to take it but the way that this episode does depict it is that by the end of the episode Philip comes back and talks to Elizabeth yes and they, and they have this like this fundamental disagreement about right. secrets in their in their so I do think that is going like this thing is going to drive a bit of potentially a little bit more Elizabeth Philip conflict yes. or maybe it's not conflict like it also could be a thing of like they're at a point in their relationship where like they have this disagreement but then they come back and they're like kind of on the same page right so well I yeah. I thought that that scene was really interesting between Elizabeth and Philip. Firstly, I also want to say, like, in terms of all the grief, then he has, like, this very on-the-nose comment to Diana where he's like, you know, you take it like, to the grave, which I was like, yeah. spoiler alert, but, like, and, like, yeah, for someone to be doing that but is being so kind about the trauma of other people, like, for someone to, to lose a child is such a horrific thing, but then someone's also talking about throwing themselves down the stairs while pregnant. Like, the, the mirroring was so... I'm sorry that this is so triggering, but, like, the, the mirroring was so clear. Again, like, subtlety hasn't been, like, a huge part of the season... Uh, and that to me was the only negative aspects of what Philip was doing. But like in, in and of itself, I thought what he was trying to do with Penny was quite a beautiful thing. But then I have so many thoughts on the scene with Elizabeth because um, it was such a backtrack of everything we've ever known for her as a character. Like somehow like some of the only consistency we've had with Elizabeth is even in her like softer state as Claire Foy, she was like very aware and like not stupid about the fact that I guess like everyone in the 50s was cheating on their wives and was like whatever you need and like let me accommodate this thing um and like turned a, a blind eye to it and has even joked about it in later seasons and when they turned that corner as a couple he was like I, you know I don't want to do that basically like we're done with that and there was like this basically this acknowledgement that that was over but it had been a yeah, thing what's, and that, what's like, that thing he says in the he says I can't remember the line but when they're like together in the office and he says like I, I'm in well, I can't remember what it was what he was wants it? to be in basically wants rather to than be having in. to be in and that and that is a change from what they had both known to be true, which was like this basically marriage of convenience with blind eyes turned. Then I was like, wait, she and Philip have been very much a team against, mm -hmm. or and like in trying to sort out this whole Charles and Diana thing. So I went back mm -hmm. three episodes, just three episodes. Like I know that it's a different cast and it's been ages in production, but like to go back to episode nine of the fourth season, they both sit down, Charles and Diana, and she literally says in her own words, do you understand what arrangements need to be made and what blind eyes need to be turned? She says it to them. They have been Elizabeth says that? Elizabeth yes. says that? Definitely. Yes, because yeah. that is how she's seen it. Like, she, again, understands the thing. If she and Philip were at that point, I mean, Charles and Diana are so far past that. Like, they're, they're the, the worst of the worst. They make they make uh -huh. Philip and Elizabeth look like the best couple <laughs> of all time. So yeah. she, she knew it in her own relationship. Yeah. Um, she has definitely stated it with Charles and Diana. So I wonder... Is it that the queen is softer? And I don't I don't doubt that that's where they're going to take the queen in this evolution. Is she someone who's now just more of a romantic, that she's coming around to these ideals? Or, which I think is a worse portrayal, and what I probably do back is what they were doing, are they trying to push an editorial agenda of being let's like really pull See, into focus Penny and Philip? Um, yeah. And then they kind of break the character to do that by her kind of being like, well, you, you wouldn't kind of step outside or like disrespect 
a marriage in any way. And I think that they, they are trying to put a bit of a fine point on these rumors of Penny and Philip, but it's so right. at odds with everything Elizabeth has always been. So I actually like was very confused about that as a character note, especially when we got so little of the queen in the second episode. So I don't know much more about who she's going to kind of be in this portrayal, but the way that she was in like the most pivotal scene of the episode was so out of touch with who she's always been. So I guess two points here. One is like a part of me wonders like, yeah, did the queen's death like affect how, they're going to portray her, but this is all filmed before the queen's yeah. death. So I, 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 and I can't see how you like re-edit, you know, I don't think, I don't no, know how you I, take no. the scene re-edit. So I think there always could have been this sort of like, yeah, like the queen, you know, these last two seasons, maybe we do like soften up on the queen a I little bit. I, 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 I actually, I actually think that it's like, for me, where I thought it was going to come from was much more like seeing the reality of what Diana actually goes through. And that actually they, ha they do that. Like, it is not something they're going to make work is a thing that actually softens the queen um, of mm. like this option on the table. That's sort of what I expected. I do wonder though, like the, the, the thing about the blind, I, who, who is she saying that ab about who is she? She's saying that about Charles and, and Diana. She said to Charles and Diana. I mean, she, she has made it as clear, I think in her own marriage, but she said to Charles and Diana three episodes ago, are you are you committed to making this marriage work? Do you understand the arrangements that need to be made, the blind eyes that need to be turned, and like also like the respect basically for the institution? Okay. Um, and that's what she says. And and that's not what happens now. For me, my gut is on why is it so different for Elizabeth? I think because they're trying to use it the small time that they have. Um, again, like they have devoted a whole episode when there's so much to cover again on like a very similar Philip Diana storyline. But like the thing that they want to move forward is like where Di like it's kind of convenient because like where is Diana in this one moving that forward? And then we're moving forward just like Philip thing with with where Elizabeth sits in that and this relationship with Penny. And I think that she then has to be a little, you know, extreme, I guess, in her opinions on it, even though it's not how she's felt before, just to kind of bring those rumors into focus. But so, it's not so, what we know of them as a couple. Like it's and it's not what we know of her as a character. But Elizabeth and Philip. Yeah, it's it? because, Except, because so they've I, been a team. Like they, they, they've like I would feel bad for Philip. He's completely been a support on this. Like he's finally supporting the monarch. Like you do everything for the queen. That's what he said yes. in the final scene with Diana in season four. Like everything is for her. He basically comes and restates that to yes. Diana. Things he yes. said with Elizabeth that they've both said to them, and then Elizabeth is like, "How dare you tell them that like they they have to like make this work for me in a way that's like can." barely accommodate both of them like oh we romantics here i'm like you never have been before so it, it felt like the thing that really i don't love in scripted yeah, television yeah, yeah. which is like they will make a decision to get to a point that they need they, they know by the end of the episode they need to get to a point where there might be a little bit of like some friction around this relationship with penny so she has to be that way but they break a character or an understanding of a character to do that so my the my only the like only thing i'll defend here is that like so Elizabeth says this knowing that like eventually what happened was like Philip was like willing to be in. And so I do think they're setting up a little bit like this, like, oh, they have to be, a you know, they shouldn't withhold secrets from each other because there's going to be all this stuff about like whether Philip is like uh, cheating on Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. And so they want to set that up. But I also think like this idea of like telling the two of them, like you have to make it work and turn black, like, I, yeah, I get, I don't know. I, I guess part of it feels like um, probably what I would assume maybe Elizabeth wants is like that, like they don't have to be like completely happy, but they can't get divorced. So they have to like basically make it work. Right. And they can't keep like, yeah. you know, this is the thing that like kind of both of them are and kind of like Philip and Elizabeth are saying 
similar thing, which is essentially the end result has to look like it's perfect. And like uh, Philip says, he's saying like, who cares? You just like, you know, uh, keep secrets from each other, but make it work. And it seems like Elizabeth is maybe saying like, no, the only way to like build the like impenetrable force is to like be together as the two of you. Um, and like Elizabeth and Philip, it seems like they, they sort of like do that. And that, that there isn't this like, you know, we're turning, we're turning a blind, you know, we're like, yeah. okay, you go do that thing. And I'm not going to see, you know, a lot of like, you not know, anymore. To, to the joking of like the astronauts, like that's the stuff where he's like trying to like do figure out his like own thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so I could see Elizabeth like being like, it will, it will not like because of her reality, like it will not, it will not work. Like in that moment where he's like, I want to be in. I think in that moment, it's like how she realizes it's going to work, uh, how, how Elizabeth and Philip will work. And so like, she probably should go and tell Charles, like you, you should probably be nicer to your wife because the only way this thing like sticks together and holds is like, if you two are a functioning unit together and yet like, it's very annoying that she's not. And so I agree with you. It's not like, it's not perfect. And I do feel like this is like so much in here to just set up the a lot of the elizabeth phillips stuff that we're gonna get yes this season and you're saying like it like it like erodes some of the the character development that we've seen from elizabeth so far in the show yeah which, which is so hard when there's an actress transition because right. again we're trying right. to get to, to know this new version of her as it evolves from the last one and it's so backwards from what she just said like i would buy it if the last thing you heard on this was like she and Philip and at the end of season two realize like that's not the way we're not going to do this arrangement thing we're actually going to try and they've been a team since and if if that was like the last thing we kind of heard of her opinion on this I'd be like she has grown in the last several decades to be like what I now think marriage was what I was wrong about in my youth is like you have to be a team and this and the arrangement thing is actually like not a foundation to create a marriage somehow like that's the thing but it's just because three episodes ago she she said it in her own words and she yeah, came yeah, to them yeah. with that and is now like so aghast that he would do that I think it was she kind of blindsided Philip on like he's like but I was doing not only what I thought was best for you but like what we've done together and like we've been a team on it but now you're kind of upset unless it's literally just that she's already kind of iffy about the penny thing and have been like putting her agenda into that and it ha it is changing her perspective because she feels like she and Philip are beyond that and it's kind of changing her perspective on if that's what's happening in her own marriage how she feels about how marriages should work in general um, and being like a little bit more idealistic about it and, and what she wants for her own relationship. I, I still think like the writers were trying to achieve something. I mean, either she's really regressing as a character, well, not even regressing, she's never been this person, but like changing as, as a character or she's just so hypocritical. I mean, bringing it back to God, like we know she's obviously religious and yeah. something that matters to her. Mm -hmm. But I kind of feel like the crown and the system, especially in like the later seasons, has always been like the first thing. So now is it like, again, is she just like softer and idealistic or is it that hypocrisy or is it that like agenda from the writers? Because as she says, he knows. I'm like, well, then he knows a lot of bad stuff. He knows. So that's yeah. not how the royals operate. Then he knows that you also forced Diana and Charles to get married and started this whole issue to begin with. Like, I mean, I, I do think that hypocrisy is probably pretty real. Like, I think that. That's well, I, just like a blind spot for her. But but I thought last like, episode be looking like that. Like, I thought last episode there's like a lot of like sort of hypocrisy and so and sort of like, oh my gosh, you're you actually are the queen and some like, oh, I can see how I would be empathetic in the like request for yacht funding. And that she's like, This is yeah. the only place that's like mine. It's the only place that like it's a living embodiment 
of me and like jump like they we joked about this metaphor but she's like there's That's a way the where only she's thing like, i have yeah she's like it's yeah it's all i had it's like my thing that like represents me and you're like that's sad also you're asking for like many millions of dollars to fix a yacht when we're <laughs> all in a recession I want is many right? millions of <laughs> so dollars that's it that's it that's all i need is many millions of dollars so i do i do so think i do wonder if this 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 season and the season is a little bit of like the reality of of the complexity of 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 the queen not that it hasn't been there it obviously has been there uh and i also did we have we've gone uh this whole podcast without actually saying uh, how delighted were you that claire foy shows up like first thing in episode one screaming on the plane when i watched it people were asleep they're like stop yelling claire foy over claire foy on the britannia yeah Yeah. uh that was amazing um so i yeah I, i think that complexity has always been there but yeah it's like i do think like there's definitely this like as she becomes you know uh the the system you know the crown she definitely hardens and i do wonder I, and i do think like it, it feels like I, it to me it does feel like as you're gonna want as this diana stuff is going to come to light and she's gonna realize like actually how bad it is how how could you not be the actual queen and actually start to be like well this probably this isn't the same yeah. i don't think this isn't the same as me and philip that like he was like okay i want in and i don't think diana like will want to stay in at some point so I, that's where i see like a softening but she still has to be the queen and so it's like this like i i feel like it's gonna be this very like complex um portrayal of queen elizabeth yeah i mean i love yeah. the complexity and i love the hypocrisy i think that's the whole yeah. point like seeing yeah. how hypocritical philip is in so many points of this episode <laughs> whether it is like the kindness will show to one struggling young woman compared to another whether it is being like suck it up and get it going when he in D- diana's position complained probably more than she did and and suffered with less so much, so much of the show is about the hip- hypocrisy, and I enjoy that. I love that complexity. My my biggest thing about it is, I guess, not even the God stuff. That's probably just hypocrisy. I think that's fine the way that's written. It's hey, I don't think you'd be me. the queen without being like, you know, God. God made me the queen. <laughs> and we know, we know what she feels about religion. Like that, that to me is fine. It's more just like directly contradicting what she herself said three episodes ago yep, when we also totally have fair. to adjust to a character to an actor change in that time when i also feel that we haven't seen enough of why she'd be pushed so radically to such a change position other than i guess maybe looking at the penny stuff in a, in a pointed way but it's still not enough for me to again i'm with you to 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 contradict herself entirely um and i think that maybe if we if we see that evolve over the season for sure in the way that it, it pertains to her relationship with philip but it just came so harshly like i'm like i'm sure that she was on board with the arrangement of it all i'm like let me go back and, and watch that scene and she literally says it in her own words she sits there like she herself is the firm in the system like she was in the philip role and he sits next to her and does it and now she's like uh oh, we're not on board with that anymore and i just don't think we've seen enough from the story to get her to change that radically and even if we had it would be uncomfortable from the fact that we're still trying to get used to different actors and like the evolving characters of it all so that was an interesting yeah. one i was like who are you elizabeth now we're not okay like she's always been fine like, she's not cheating she's yeah. always been the romantic like i think in yeah. her ideal world that always has been true but she like faced up to the facts so long ago so i don't think she'd be like questioning it now like she's way past that she's like a storied person in cheating at this point like she knows exactly what you got to do she's seen it through multiple generations so the fact that she, she could be kind of so innocent with it i was like elizabeth we're so far past this at this point uh well it, I, I but i think though like part of it because she goes to charles last season and is like look at this like pa- palace you built and your and your wife is like upstairs unhappy like the two of you are like you can't be like not together in this thing like you have and so i like there's i i'm definitely with you and i think it's like really fair for us to when um i think the show is like 
most of the time so tremendously written that like we joke mm -hmm. about like it can be about like you know i was like at, i was at this conference and i was like the crown came out today so I wrote, yeah and like someone said like what's the first episode like right like what what what's the like thing and i was like oh yeah they want money for their yacht and they're like oh cool <laughs> you know and like everybody has faith that this show can like take the stuff of the crown which sometimes like due to the nature i think like, this is the most juicy like we're getting into the most juicy stuff of like at least because it's like for me living actual like living memory of like everything that happened with diana um but like it feels like post diana until you basically get to harry and make it, it's like it's kind of like boring unless you're like a super like other than like the fairy tale nature like like the william and kate wedding was so fairy tale like kate middleton is beautiful and she's gonna marry and she's gonna get married and what she's gonna wear like it felt like for for me anyway i know that's like not everybody's experience but so the show has tremendous writing and so when it's it's not working it, it like stands out like a sore thumb a little bit right that like yeah this feels contradictory to like maybe where elizabeth has been so totally fair yeah i guess yeah i mean having gone back and just watched those scenes i just thought it was important to point out i think as well like they probably look at these like two season arcs as phases and they know where they want the relationship to go so they might like especially at the beginning kind of push characters to try and get to where those endpoints are going to be and then it might become a little bit conflicting i've talked about it as well with season three they knew that they wanted elizabeth to now be this like harsh system and i did feel that it, it was like a again like quite a jump um, that wasn't as natural progression. So I think as well, like with The Crown, when I look back at it, not really season four, but like the first three seasons, they start out a little slower. We like get into the vibe of it. And then they usually like off to the races, the carriage races, as it were, um, a couple of episodes in. So I enjoyed both of these episodes. And I'm so glad to have The Crown back. But it, like, it's fun to podcast about it because I probably wouldn't yeah. have thought about these things as much. I mean, I definitely would have like done all the Wikipedia, but I wouldn't have necessarily gone back and like watched these scenes and been like, wait, I'm like trying to fact check Elizabeth. Like, do you know what you said three episodes ago, Elizabeth? Because <laughs> it's kind of different to what you said now. So yeah, let's send a message yeah. to Peter Morgan, who's writing all these episodes. Be like, oh, oh yeah. Peter. Uh, yeah. My message um, to Peter Morgan is if this is your love letter to the queen, like, please never write a love letter to me. <laughs> like, the point is it portrays yeah. her complexity, but it's definitely not like, like, yeah. the spoilers yeah. thing. It's a love letter to her. I agree. Um, okay. I think that's episode two, the system. Um, yeah, uh, Shannon, we'll be back in a, probably in a few days' time. I know that the uh, season five full spoiler recap uh, is is out uh, in your podcast uh, feed, so check that out with uh, Sarah and Latanya. Um, we, the two of us, will be back with our episode uh, three coverage, maybe with a special guest. Shannon, that maybe that could be, that maybe could be we fun. Will. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, Shannon, if, uh, where where else can people find you, and what are you up to? Follow me at Shannon Gates, G-A-I-T-Z. I'm covering Survivor. Survivor in this, two shows that are about struggling for power, that are about reading yeah. into to edits and to what is true of, of the real world versus how it's portrayed. I don't know if there's more similarities than that, but yeah, I'm always covering Survivor on the International Survivor Hap-Ups feed. Please subscribe. Thank you to everyone who's checking out the Crown coverage. It's so much yeah. fun to do scripted television for a show that I love so much and that's so like character-based and these like weird complex dynamics what a fun time so thank you great Some, for having me as well always fun i guess i was gonna say someone gets crowned at the end of a season of survivor i guess we, yes. the same person always gets crowned <laughs> the, who has the winner edit is elizabeth yeah exactly yeah, true we talked about this Anne's getting a little purpled that's what yeah well yeah there's a bunch of people yeah no no Anne, everyone no, got purple no queen mother barely any elizabeth yeah. episode two uh, was one of those episodes weirdly where they like don't go back to like a whole tribe and then like everyone has yeah, professionals that was like it, it was just right. like a, a very it was a kind of like an australian survivor edit where like philip and 
and uh, Diana got a lot of confessionals and everyone else was kind of sparse. But we'll see what the focus is going forward. And yeah, I still, even on a Philip episode, like a, you know, post-season two Philip episode, I still really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I know that uh, I don't believe uh, the new season of Australian Survivor is coming for a little while, but lots of news dropping uh, these yes. last few days. Yeah, but Heroes about the cast. coming yeah. in January. They're releasing two cast members a night. Oh, good. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, another Netflix show is dropping. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, it might be outro. It's on the, the verge of coming. 1899. It's from the the creators of my favorite scripted TV show of all time called Dark. Uh, 1899 is a sort of mystery horror show that is very mystery heavy. I don't really know uh, what it's fully about, but I'm very excited for that. The full thing will drop. We'll do the same thing. Rich Aaron and I will have uh, episodic coverage. I think Josh will get together with somebody to do a full binge and then uh, the three of us the regular crew will be back each episode uh we wrapped up our interview with the vampire uh we did the season finale earlier this week rich and i push recaps theater we're covering we covered black panther wakanda forever and i believe we're going to be covering the menu later this week so that should be fun and yeah over on rob is a podcast roll call is a board game uh, show we play different board games we played clue and sellers of Catan. so check out the replays on the youtube and twitch channel don't forget to subscribe to posterrecaps.com slash the crown or search posterrecaps uh, uh, the crown uh, on your on your podcasting app of choice rate and review would be much appreciated um, and we'll be back in a few days time with our episode 3 coverage until then bye bye Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.